It's the week of May 27th, and this is MASHCAST number Another episode of the Mash Those Buttons Mash Cast. I'm Jarrett, and I'm here with Nick Zung and Kevage. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, this is Mash Cast number 89, and my apartment is hot as balls right now. <laughs> it really it's, is. It's actually warmer up where you are than it is down here. Yeah, yeah I know. I've noticed. I should have uh, turned my AC on when I first got home, and... For, I don't know how I forgot to turn on my air conditioning when it's fucking hot as, like, balls in here, dude. Like, really, it is. is it was ridiculous when I got home. And, uh, you know, I was on the phone with somebody. I'm, I totally blame them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but AC tried to cool it down, didn't have enough time. I might be a bit irritable. <laughs> <laughs> so far for the course, then, is what you're saying. Uh, I'm not always irritable. <laughs> Anyway, enough about me. Uh, obviously, Mikey's not here this week. Um, couldn't make it. And obviously, we're not recording this on our normal night. So he couldn't make it last night. And I'm a bad person. I forgot to tell him that we didn't record last night. <laughs> so he's just going to have to miss this one. I'm just a bad person. This is just a bad week for me. Are you sure the reason it's not hot in your apartment is because you're in hell? Uh, like, yeah, it's just been a bad week for me. And that sets the tone for tonight's episode. <laughs> uh, let's let's get into the games. What have you been playing, Nick? Um, nothing really new. Um, I played played some more Puzzle Quest. Um, and uh, and wow, I'm playing Patch Five Point Three. So that's really it right now. Okay, well that's to be expected from Nick. Here goes my list. <laughs> um, so what have I been playing? A couple things actually. Um, over the weekend, I played Call of, uh, Juarez. I want to say, I wanted to say Call of Duty Juarez for a second there, <laughs> but it's actually Call of Juarez Gunslinger, uh, not to be confused with Call of Duty Juarez. Um, but it was, I was very surprised. It's a $15 game. I was not expecting it to be very good. And I was just so surprised at how actually at how good it was. It was a very good good game did you get a chance to read my review nick i did not you're fired what anyway what's my severance package <laughs> no severance read my review it's your severance package <laughs> <laughs> but, but um yeah basically first of all the story the the story the voice acting let me let me start with that was actually really good the voice acting was really good the storytelling was good and the thing about the story, like, the, the guy that you're playing as, he's an old man when you first start off. And he's telling about his adventures, um, you know. And his adventures are, like, how he rode with Billy the Kid. Or how they, you know, there was mistaken identity. Like, they thought he was Wyatt Earp. 
at one place. And that's kind of what you're playing through because, like, there's some historical stuff that, you know, happens uh, that you can look up on, you know, in an encyclopedia or from the internet, or Wikipedia, if you trust it. Um, and basically, they take those historical events and they put this guy in there because people are, like, have accidentally mistaken him for somebody, for some type of, like, Western legend. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, they thought it was Wyatt Earp, but it was actually me. Um, (laughs) and, uh, some other stuff, like, you know, he just happens to be at at certain battles, you know, like he, you know, he has a duel with Jesse James and, uh, you know, Butch Cassidy and Sundance kids, you know, stuff like that. And basically his story is he's trying to find these guys who wronged his family. And that's why what leads him through these, you know, through through these adventures pretty much. But, uh, besides the story being good, the shooting was the gameplay in general was solid, dude. The gameplay was very solid. Um, the you know the the guns back then, like if you were ju- if you didn't aim, you weren't gonna hit anything. Even when you had uh, you know dual pistols, I-, I thought that the dual pistols might compensate for the fact of for no, not aiming, like they do in a lot of games, because you're shooting a lot of bullets. You just hit a lot of shit that's not your target, basically. So like with you have to always aim and shoot, even with dual pistols. And it, it, they really focus on that mechanic. It's also, you can do combos. Like, you have to, to rack up combos. You have to kill uh, people within a certain time period. So after you make a shot, it's like two or three seconds. And you have to make another shot. And you have to make another shot. And that's how you rack up combos and rack up more points. And you get your points go to XP, or, or XP, which go to your level. And when you level up, you can unlock other skills. Like, you know, running using dual pistols in the game while you get to shoot more bullets, reloading that thing sucks because you have to put a bullet into each chamber, you know, and it takes a long time to reload. But he's, like, you learn this trick where he'll spin the barrel and put the bullets in while the barrel's spinning. Nice. So you can reload faster. Nice. And you, you, and you get, like, some cool stuff like that. It's 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 really nice. Like, you know, you learn, um, you learn another trick, which is, of course, ridiculous, but you throw out, like, you know, dynamite in the air, and you shoot the dynamite while it's in the air, and it explodes, and it goes over a wire area. Uh, you know, the the damage. So it was actually, it was really cool. I liked the game a lot. For $15, it is so worth it. For PC, it actually looks really good. Um, for consoles, I don't know what kind of quality you're looking at there, but for PC, it looks nice, and it's a good game. And just something real quick about the story. I don't want. I'm not gonna tell you what happens, but sometimes you you can't tell if the guy is telling the truth or if he's lying. <laughs> so like you know he'll say something like, "Oh yeah, I was trapped and I was surrounded and there was no way out." And the Indians they uh, they were uh, they had the high ground and they were pointing down and shooting at me. And some of the other guys would be like, "Indians, where they come from?" He's like. Oh, no, I didn't say Indians. I said they attacked me like Indians. <laughs> and then, like, basically everybody will, you know, all of the Indians that you saw turn into cowboys instead. So it's it's pretty good. I I enjoyed it a lot. The story was, was pretty funny. And I highly suggest it. Uh, but since then, I have been playing more Rising Storm, which the, uh, for a beta, there are a lot of people playing it. I'm really looking forward to release. There weren't this many people playing Red Orchestra. There were not this many people, people playing Red Orchestra 2. Okay? So that that's a lot of fun. I don't want to go deep into it because, uh, 
you know, we we talked about it last time. One thing I did find out though, um, the Japanese they have this thing called the bonsai charge, okay, and basically because they have lances on the end of their guns, so they can charge with the lance, and as they're charging, they scream bonsai, okay. And I just thought it was an effect, like you know, that's just the way they did their melee, dude. It's actually a tactic in the game. You when you do a bonsai charge, not only does it uh does it lower the morale of the enemy, but it also makes you more res- resilient to bullets. Like, they have to put more bullets into you as you're running with it hmm. to kill you. And then you can stack bonsai charges on other people. So if six of you are bonsai charging at, like, one, at, like, you know, bonsai charging at the same time, it it builds the effect up that much. Like, it's a great tactic to take a building back. Like, you know, if they're in a building and they're down, like, you know, or they're in a certain place... You and like three or four other guys bonsai charge. You go in there and you can just impale these guys with the bonsai charge. Hmm. So it's actually pretty cool. It's not overpowered. Like it's still like you still have to like if they tag you in the head, you're dead. But it's just hard because not only do you take more bullets, but they're suppressed, so it makes them harder to fire at you. Uh, but other than that, I got grid two, which um, I was a little pissed at first. Because I I said I thought the settings were at it it was set to high, and I was like this game doesn't look that great. It doesn't look as good as I remember it being look, looking at packs. But then I found that there's an ultra setting, and I set it to that, and I'm like there she is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the girl that I remember, and it was actually it's really cool. Like Grid Two is nice, um, and it feels good. It plays well. The only thing I don't like about it is that there is no currency. There's no point system. Like, I don't get anything. Well, you get fans for winning a race. Okay, you get fans, and it unlocks other races. But you don't get anything else for for winning a race. So, like, you don't have to unlock cars by winning races, by getting points and stuff like that. You just, you know, you just you just get them as time progresses. You don't have to unlock any uh, any like wheels or rims or anything like that. You don't have to unlock paint jobs. You don't have to unlock all that stuff. It just comes with the game, period. So basically, it doesn't feel like I'm building toward anything. You know, basically, it just looks like I'm marching toward the end of the game, and that's it. That's what it feels like. But in other games, it's like there's stuff for me to build. You know, you know, I know I want that car, so I'm gonna save this money and get and, and get this car. And there's none of that. You know, it's kind of hard. It feels a little empty, but the gameplay is good. As long as you have it on hard. If you're playing it on normal or easy, why are you even playing? <laughs> why? You know, same thing with Gunslinger, actually. I played the game on the, on the well, at the time it was the hardest difficulty. After you beat it on hard, it opens up another difficulty. But I wouldn't even, on, I wouldn't even play that game on normal. Why? Mm-mm. So, yeah, but that's... I've had a good gaming weekend. I've got reviews coming up for all this stuff. I got a review coming up for Grid. I got a review coming up for um, Rising Storm. I already have a review out for um, Call of Juarez. So you can look for that. And I enjoyed the game. You can read about that. But that's all I have for games. And, you know, Nick's list is typically short. So. Does, does watching Arrested Development on my PS3 count as a game that I played this weekend? No, it does not. Oh, <laughs> so, Sorry, Nick. <laughs> All right. 
So let's 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 get into some news. There was a lot of buzz going around this last week, but not that, a lot that, of stuff. That's we cicadas, do. I think. Not a lot of things <laughs> that we could that we really thought was worth you know talking about. There was a lot of Nintendo bashing. There had to be at least two or three different articles from different outlets talking about why Nintendo should die. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where that came from, but somebody's just not. You know the other thing. The other thing I thought was interesting, just to mention this in, in passing, was uh, there's also a, a, um, a push for Sony to split the uh, entertainment division off and the and the, uh, the hardware division off. And that's coming from like, that's coming from their investors. Yeah, not the games like, I don't understand. Like people are not happy with the gaming companies right now. I don't know. It's weird. Like from a, from an investing standpoint, I think it makes a lot of sense, and that's why the investor wants it games media i don't even know why they would even decide to talk about it because i'm pretty sure they are they really don't know what they're talking about well i think the only reason i think it became news is because after he suggested it their stock went up like oh are you guys gonna split let's start buying your stock which i think might become a motivating factor for them to do it but i don't yeah i don't know it's i don't know it's it's weird to think too because like one of the one of the things that makes sony sony is the fact that they are a part media company and that that's been driving them since, you know, since they, they got into the media business after they lost the Betamax thing. So it's weird to think they might break off from that. Yeah, I don't even, I, I wonder if them splitting the divisions would make integration harder. Because that's kind of like, you know, integration's a big thing right now. Microsoft is going to rely heavily on integration. Yeah. Between Windows, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but one of the the first topic we're going to cover is Mirror's Edge Two, uh, which, uh, of course, not officially announced, uh, but there has been some evidence pointing to its existence. That it's at least in development. Uh, I know last week on Amazon Germany and Amazon Italy it showed up. Is, is Amazon Japan next? I don't know. <laughs> so. <laughs> Amazon Germany, Amazon Italy, it showed up in the listings. I don't like who's looking for this stuff. To be honest with you, <laughs> apparently, apparently, like German and Italian fans of Mirror's Edge. Apparently, uh, is it there yet? Is it there yet? Yeah, believe, believe. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who's re- like who's like looking into this stuff, but um, yeah, like basically they found uh, Mirror's Edge. Two listed, and then they, like a day later, they found it on the Italy side as well. Um, and then what was it? Was it yesterday? I think yesterday, it was found on EA's help center, Mirror's Edge Two. There's no information, but like basically the template page is there for for Mirror's Edge Two, and um, yeah, that that you know where it's, when it shows up there. And the help center, because it's not like just you know crazy stuff. Is there like Mass Effect Four? Mass Effect Four definitely isn't there. Somebody checked. FIFA twenty, <laughs> FIFA twenty fifteen also is not there. Well, that one will be. I don't. I don't. I don't think we have any doubts that there will be a FIFA twenty fifteen, right? I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. So like the like you know the, the, those games aren't there. FIFA twenty fourteen is, and a couple of other. Um, you know, unreleased games, but we know they're coming out, are there as well. Uh, so basically, it's really looking like Mirror's Edge 2 is going to happen. You know, E3 is right around the corner. 
I wouldn't be surprised if we got an announcement for Mirror's Edge 2. One, well, I guess one thing that makes me wonder, how hard is it to not, I guess the, the, it's one of those we don't really know the answer, but, I mean, if somebody sees, like, oh, hey, so they saw Mirror's Edge 2 in Germany and Italy, you know, I got 10 minutes on a Friday, let me go and make a little page here and just throw them a bone and, and freak everybody out. Like I, like, I don't know who's in charge of that. I don't know how easy it'd be for them to do that. There's no real information on that page anyway, so it presumably shouldn't take them that long. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like, for, to have it on EA's website, like the official yeah. website, or make a fake website that no, looks make, like no, so like somebody at EA just being like, "Yeah, I got five minutes. Let me dick around." I don't think EA works like that. Something <laughs> like that, like something like that, like, would have to be it would have to be communicated. You know, well, I don't think EA employees dick around. Well, they should. Their company's doing terribly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it really works like that with EA, at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would be very excited for Mirror's Edge too. Except for another part of the rumor is that it's going to be an Xbox One exclusive because basically the only platforms that it seems to be on is. Uh, you know, either it was, so one was listed as Xbox 360, the other one was listed as Xbox One. And if they do release Mirror's Edge 2, that's great. But if it's released as an Xbox One exclusive, that is going to be devastating. I, Mikey's the one who's always clamoring for that, isn't he? Like, isn't he always talking like he's going to like attack people at EA if they don't release Mirror's Edge 2 at some point? Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he really wants it. I mean, I think a lot of us. A lot of us really want it, but it's not a it's not a, a console mover. Like just putting it out there isn't gonna move consoles. Maybe it's not a console mover, but it could be well I guess if you obviously if you have an Xbox One, then you know, you're then you might as well get it if you love the series. But it might be one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, I'm looking at getting an Xbox One. I have a lot of concerns about used games. I have a lot of concerns about, you know, the the privacy issues with the Kinect and, and, and having to be online. And this could at least be something that kind of nudges it in a favorable direction. Like, yeah, but it's got Mirror's Edge 2 and a bunch of other stuff that I'm interested in. So maybe it may not be a console mover, but maybe it's sort of like a concern alleviator where it'll allow people to go after it without uh, too much trepidation. Um... I don't think so. I think Microsoft like has there's so much bad press that have come out about the Xbox One since since its press release. I mean, at least at least with the PS4, there was a lot of good press and there were a lot of questions like, what about this? What about that? You know, what does it look like? What's the price point? Well, the Xbox One is like they're killing used games. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's I, a big deal. I, I gotta say, I don't think we give Sony enough credit for making sure that among the things that they didn't answer at their presentation was what does the console look like? Because even if Microsoft had held that back, just we're not going to show you the console, that gives us one more thing to talk about without knowing what we're talking about that isn't a negative. And and I I feel like Sony was, was I mean Sony was very masterful in 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 what they presented and, and Microsoft just wasn't and it's it's hilarious really but yeah I it, I don't know well actually it feels like it felt very flipped it felt very like you know like the the Microsoft conference this time felt like the Sony conference with the PS3 yeah 
It really but, did. It's like, hey, you love our shit. Now give us your money. But fundamentally, see, I, 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 I mean, f- fundamentally, when you have, especially at the PS3, looking back at the PS2 launch, when you had people selling PS2s for what over a thousand dollars on eBay. Yeah. Like to be able to look at that and say, like, I know this is how much my product can go for on the market, but you can't launch it at that price because you kind of have to look at the overall, you know, product. It, it, it's I, I don't think they found the proper way to launch a console to capitalize on that 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 must have mentality of early adopters. Um, I mean, to a degree, we know that like over time, console prices drop, but I almost kind of don't. I almost want. I almost wondered why like Sony doesn't come out with the PS4 and say it's a grand for the first week, eight hundred dollars the next week, six hundred dollars the week after, and then four hundred dollars for the next few months. Everybody would just wait. Would they? Yes. I feel like there are people. There, there are, are some people. There, there are a few people who yes would buy it, but the bulk of people would not. But if you can fundamentally get even. Even if you get one person to buy it ahead of time at a thousand dollars, I mean, you can sell it directly from Sony on the website if they really want it. Technically, that makes it worth the investment. That's what the market will bear at that point. Not with the way next gen release titles have been going, like you know. Well, well, that's why Sony needs something like Mirror's Edge too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Mirror's. I don't think so. Uh, you know, Mirror's Edge two would be enough to clean up the the mess that Microsoft has created for themselves. No, it's it's not it's not it's not it's not a mop. It's not going to clean up the mess, but it's 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 one of other things. I think what they said they had fifteen exclusive titles at launch. So you figure if this is one of them, then presumably if you know even if what two or three of the other launch titles are incredibly exciting, then maybe you know maybe some people who are very hesitant to get an Xbox now, maybe they come around by the time it launches. Although I guess my question is, if you've got Mirror's Edge and you know, you, and, and, I mean, in Mirror's Edge, it's 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 one of those games. It's got a very intense fan base. They're maybe not the largest fan base, but they're all very, you know, they're, they they like the game and they want more. Yeah. And so, if you've got a base like that that can effectively evangelize a console for you, why not mention that in your in your announce in your big announcement? Why not, you know? Bring that up at some point. You had what? What was it? The presentation was what? An hour or so? Like you couldn't have even just said, "When we've got 15 exclusives, like Mirror's Edge 2. Quick shot of the the girl from Mirror's Edge, you know, and then move on. That's it. They couldn't have slipped that in there anywhere. Hmm. Uh, they probably should have. Who knows? <laughs> it's probably they. Pro- it might be one of the games they talk about at their E3 press release, which is another fucking reason they should have had games at the initial, you know, well, release. Or just why even bother? Why not just wait till E3? What advantage did it give them to do this? Unless it's gotten everybody. Unless the whole point was like, no, no, we'll come out with all the negative shit early and we'll wow them at E3, and then they'll forget all about the negative shit. Yeah, like it, like. Uh... You know what? Let's just get into the Microsoft topics <laughs> at this point, because uh, we had another topic between this and the Microsoft topics. But you know what? They're no, let's just go into it. <laughs> I got my sleeves rolled up. Yeah. So before we move on to the actual topic, the the whole and we I think we we, we pretty much probably covered it um, last week. But you know, the, this entire the, the entire press conference did not feel it was for gamers or even the game press. And it showed. Actually, I wrote an editorial about it last week. It shows who you who their core 
audience is, like who they, what their core strategy is focusing on. Uh, and it's definitely not gamers. Uh, but the topic that we were actually going to bring up was uh, one that's been hot this week, well, and last week, and that's the Xbox One, um, not well, the Xbox One it, allowing pre, you know, use sales, but at Microsoft taking Microsoft and publishers taking a cut of pre-owned sales. That is uh, the rumor. Actually, I think that rumor happened Friday. Like that rumor started surfacing like Friday morning, right before I I started working on the editorial on why I'm not buying an Xbox. Um, and yeah, it looks like, well, according to the rumor, both Microsoft and the publisher get a cut of the of, of secondhand sales. And it looks like the game publisher may only be getting like something like 10 bucks of the, of the pre-owned sale. So that's one rumor. Another rumor is that, um, that in order for a public, for a, a retailer to sell to sell a game back, or, or I guess to to uh, to resell a game after it's already been sold, they have to pay like a thirty-five. Well, actually, I'm sorry, that was in, that was in pounds, wasn't it? It was like thirty-five pounds. That's, was the fee? That's even more expensive than thirty-five dollars, isn't it? Yeah, it is more expensive than thirty-five dollars. Yeah. Can you do the calculate the uh, fucking uh, conversion on that real quick? Um, while, I, while I talk to the people, while you talk. Oh, you <laughs> do math. Yeah. Yeah. So basically. Um, yeah, it was like 35, because the, the source of all this information, I'll, actually, I should have made this clear, first of all. Go ahead. No, actually, it, it, for some reason, it gave them me the response in euros, which doesn't... Doesn't help. No. Yeah, so, th- these reports came from a website called consoledeals.co.uk, uh, which at first was very skeptical. I'm actually still pretty skeptical of it. Uh, but then, yeah, I believe it was Eurogamer... Like shortly after that, had another source they claim fifty three twenty nine in pound in dollars in U S dollars fifty three twenty nine. So okay, um, it's just full price for a game, basically. Full price for a game, roughly. Yeah, so I I think it'll probably be lower than that for U S retailers. Well, for, for for argument's sake, let's just let's just say it's thirty five bucks. Okay, let's say it's thirty five dollars that the activation fee is. The you know say the it was thirty five pounds so let's just say thirty five bucks, thirty five dollars that the retailer has to pay to activate it, to activate the game because basically the, the retailer has to hook into the Azure cloud, and then they have to remove the game with the game ID off of your account, and then again maybe free it up. I don't know if they can free it up or if they have to assign it to a different account. But the fee is going to cost thirty-five bucks to do whatever it is. You know, that's what the fee is supposed to be like, somewhere around thirty-five dollars. Um, those those are mash those buttons numbers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure that we're clear on that. But either way, with with either way that the rumor goes, some rumors combine the two. Some rumors say that on the second hand, like you know, when the when uh when the retailer sells the game, they have to give a cut back to the publisher at Microsoft. And when the game gets traded in, they have to do the fee. So they're like, there's three rumors. Well, two rumors, and then there's another rumor that combines the two. Okay? Uh, Lots of speculation. My thing about that, if this is true, it still negatively affects the used game market. 
because you really think GameStop is just going to be happy with taking that much of a cut? Think about that. They buy a game back, they'll buy a brand new game from you. Or if you're lucky, if you are lucky, at top trade in dollar, 30 bucks. You could have bought that game yesterday, traded it in the next day, and they're giving you $30 for it just because it's open. And so, and then they turn around and sell it for 55 bucks. You know, making it, you know, $25 on that, and then flipping it again, and then flipping it again. So you think they're going to go from $25 on a brand new game down to 10 Well, what's the alternative in that case, though? I mean, they, they, they kind of have to they have to take what Microsoft is giving them because they don't actually produce anything. That's one of the, the perils of being the middleman is that mm. your, your economy is entirely based on what other people provide you with. And so they're just lucky that Microsoft isn't flat out saying, you know, we're taking our ball and going home and leaving you with nothing. So I mean, if they, if they get cut from thirty five dollars down to like two fifty a game, then they they're gonna thank their lucky stars. They're getting two fifty at that point. But not their investors. Their investors well, are gonna start bailing out because they're not making the money. Like, for well, years. they should. There's no because I mean this is this is that this is the point in time where where GameStop's current model no longer becomes viable. And so, I mean, I mean, does it, who's, you know, at what point did people start jumping out of Blockbuster stock? That's true. I mean, so it's, yeah, I mean, this is, this is where we are now. It's, well, one of the, one of the articles I think you found was a, uh, I think it was on Game Industry Biz that was talking about all the different gaming stocks and they, they moved game, uh, I guess what, as, as bad as it's been, GameStop has actually been underrated. I mean, not to say that it's been doing well, but I think the media hype around it's usually harsher than the stock has been. And at this point, the guy's like, no, it's time to get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so. because, you know, that, like, the, the investors would definitely start bailing out because GameStop has been making unbelievable amounts of money yeah. on, on the used game market. Unbelievable. And, and the funny thing is, even with them making all of that money, billions of dollars a year on air they've still been closing game stops they've been uh cutting back staff all this stuff and now you know winter was cold last year wait till <laughs> this year you know <laughs> like, wait to see what happens now well, it's, like, it's it's not gonna look that good for GameStop. well yeah i mean it's been one of those trends where as the industry increasingly moves to digital distribution i mean there's more and more you know you see the, the you know sony on the ps3 with their day one digital download games yep. i mean you know that right there and again and and you know it, it, i mean as much as we talk about like oh you know there's no there's no used sales on the, on the xbox one possibly you know those day one digital downloads there's no used sales for them at all and that's yeah. on the PlayStation 3 right now. So I mean it's entirely at the it's entirely at the consumer's discretion. If if you you know, I mean if you if you're really, you know, that invested in the used game market, if that's the only way that you can access games, then I mean, yeah, you know, your 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 future's tied with GameStop. But if you you know, if you don't care about that, if you you know, you don't need you don't need that, you're perfectly fine downloading your games, you know, you can already be in the future on your PlayStation 3 now. So that's very very true. I mean, all Microsoft and Sony had to do, like, they didn't have to make any changes in terms of restricting new sales. All they had to do was push digital distribution. If so, what Microsoft is doing is rushing the matter. Like, it's it's just not going to work that well. Well, I think they're rushing the matter, though, because it, to that degree, 
they get in on the used sales market. So before that market completely dries up, they can still capitalize on it. Oh, they get to bleed it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. So you know, bleed her before she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean GameStop. I mean, I mean there there is a valid market for used games. I mean, there's a reason there's a reason reason GameStop has has been as prolific as they have been. I mean, you know, we say they're in trouble, but I mean, they you know. There's, you know, they they found a niche and they 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 you know exploited the hell out of that niche, and now it's uh you know like any like any good uh, gold rush you know the gold's starting to run dry. And you know what? If it wasn't for their own greed, it probably wouldn't even be this bad. Well, it, well, you know what? Because it, it, you know about what year was it? I would have to say it was it was a two thousand six, two thousand and seven ish, when GameStop. Per, like that, I think like around that time is when they purposefully started to limit the amount of new games they were buying. That like I, actually, I don't even because you, you know you didn't really play a lot of console stuff. Did you shop at GameStop frequently? A few times. I know I, I've been there. I've, I've been to GameStop plenty of times. Yeah. So like back then, it was like you know you, you used to be able to go into a GameStop and maybe they didn't have an, as many copies as Best Buy did. But they had copies, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, they had copies. And then I remember talking to some, like, uh, actually, um, Ray, who works for the site, she was a manager at the GameStop at the time, and I went to go pick something up that didn't pre-order. She was like, we don't have any. I was yeah. like, how do you not have a new game? She was like, they only sent, mm-hmm. they only send new copies based on how many pre-orders they get. So they'll get, if they have five pre-orders, they'll send five copies plus maybe three more. Yeah. I got uh, Dragon Age Origins, the expansion. Because I went to my local GameStop and nobody pre-ordered it, and they had one copy. Yeah, and I was like, "You only have one copy." They're like, "Nobody pre-ordered it." I'm like, "But you only have one copy." And I guess you know, you know, anybody that came after me was shit out of luck. But yeah, it's. it's I mean, and I guess that makes sense from their perspective, especially if they know that they're going to be full of inventory on used games. That's what makes sense. Is. It doesn't make sense for them to stock all the new games. Then now, you know, now, now they're they're competing for shelf space with themselves. Well, basically, they did that because they want to force you into the secondhand rotation. Because now, when somebody else comes in, it's like, "Oh, sorry, we don't have any used copies. Oh, sorry, any new copies, but we have this used copy for a little bit cheaper." Yeah. So you now, not only do you get the game, but to save money because they knew that Best Buy and Target and well, not Sears, but you know, like uh, Walmart would have a bunch of copies, and people would yeah. buy those copies. And at the time, especially only place they could trade in it was GameStop or what was the name of the other store? What, Electronics Boutique? No, no. That's way older. Uh, oh, uh, GameStop and um, EB Games. Sorry. There we go. Well, yeah, that's what Electronics Boutique became. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't then, called. And GameStop bought them out. Yeah. And closed them all down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So basically, like, that's what they want to force you into the secondhand market with that. Um. So yeah, either way, I don't think it's good for the used games market. Not that it affects me much, because I don't buy used games. I don't. I don't need to buy used games. The only time I buy used games is if there's a game that is not. I cannot get it new. That's the only time I buy used games. You know, yeah. even even then, and, and maybe this is part the pressure from the used game market, but you do often see games, you know, after the first few weeks, the prices, you know, start to get discounted anyway. Yes. You know, I got, I got Bioshock infinite, uh, you know, brand spanking new for like $45. Was it two or three weeks ago? What was that? That was the Amazon thing. No, that was best buy. That was for $45. Yeah. 
Huh, that's strange because I've seen games that didn't do that well. Like, I got Gears of War 3 for $30. It wasn't even worth that. I wouldn't use the case to wipe my ass. <laughs> that game, man. Fuck Gears 3, man. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, like, yeah, I'm surprised. Like, $45 for buy. Maybe they just, like, we just made so much fucking money. Like, <laughs> start, start, start the sales. Uh, believe me, I was not, I was not upset. But yeah, no, it's it's uh, so. I mean, even then, it's it's the. I mean, the the price, the the price uh, elasticity on games is pretty is is pretty volatile. There, it uh, they drop pretty quickly. Yeah, so that's that is interesting. But yeah, um, well, like I said, I use get like you know because uh, some some of the backlash that people have been getting for saying for not being happy that Microsoft is destroying the used games market, well, at least for themselves, for themselves they are, is that, you know, oh, you're just moochers, and, you know, you want stuff for free? Not really. Like, I buy all of my shit new, like, you know, brand new, so it doesn't affect me much, but, you know, I don't necessarily like them, you know, trying to do that, because what if I needed to buy something secondhand? It's paying the ass now. You're not helping gamers. You know, you know, you're helping yourselves. But well, it, it'll be interesting to see because you figure too, like ostensibly one of the main reasons that people buy these games is because they, they you know, they're not, they're not they're cheaper, and it may not be a, a condition of of choice. That may be you know what they can afford, and so you figure if they're not able to buy an Xbox One and then buy the used games, they may have to hold off, and there might this may actually prolong the life of the Xbox 360 which therefore prolongs the life of all the used games for that console. Maybe. And so by the time these people start to jump in on the Xbox One market, it'll be interesting to see like how prolific the used games are for them to be able to actually start to partake in that. Yeah. Actually, one, the, the, the one thing I really didn't think about, I didn't even talk about it in the editorial, but the one group of gamers that probably does hurt is like the future generation. Like, you know, the people who, like, because just, I just thought about it. When I was, you know, 16, 17, oh, fuck, like 20, 21, going into, going, in, uh, going into that age, I mean, I didn't have a lot of money to buy a bunch of games. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows my Dreamcast stories. <laughs> so, and basically, the Dreamcast is what turned me into a gamer to, like, uh, no, I was actually, yeah, I was a gamer before, but with the Dreamcast, I became a hard core gamer because i had access to so many games and that was the illegal way but, but <laughs> you know there are a lot of gamers out there younger gamers now that get to, you know buy games used you know they'll buy games that are real that are what we would consider old but they get them for like 30 bucks 35 bucks because they're used well if you if you take away the used game market for consoles and you assume that there's no indie game economy on the system then I think it's, the question becomes like, where are these people who are looking for, you know, thirty dollar and under gaming experiences? Where are they going to turn? And I think they, they, it seems that the, the the answer is Steam. I think you're going to see a big pushback towards PC gaming, and I, I don't I don't mean, and I know I mean your your argument for a while has been that you know that the PC is a superior system just based on specs that you can make a, a gaming rig that already outdoes what the Xbox One and the PS4 are going to do. But I mean, even then, you you can build a, a a smaller, you know, adequate PC system. It may not necessarily compete 
directly with the PS4, the Xbox 360, or the Xbox One. But, I mean, just look at all the indie games you have on Steam and even just on, on the PC in general. I mean, for... And even then, I think the bigger concern, too, becomes if you start to, you know, dare, if you start to start to say, well, if those people can't spend their money on console, then they're just going to have to spend their money on their mobile gaming and start, you know, spending money on their tablets and their iPhones and their Android devices, where, again, you've got games for like a dollar to five dollars. What, fifteen dollars is like a premium game on those devices. So we, we might be taking the future generation and pushing them completely off console to these other devices. I think, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting. We've got the Ouya coming in less than a month. That's and, true. You know, what's the price model for that going to look like? Because if you're if you're used to buying used games and you can't get them on your Xbox One now, you've got this ninety nine dollar console. So right there, that's right in your wheelhouse. If you you know you don't have a lot of spending cash, you've got a ninety nine dollar console that's going to have presumably a, a ton of games available at a much cheaper price point. And again, to talk about piracy, we've already said, given how open the Ouya is, that there's going to be, that, that's going to be a ripe for, for piracy and hacking. Yeah. So if, you know, to sort of look at like where the future Jared's going to come from, they might be sitting here in like 15 years talking about when they got their Ouya. Yeah. Like you're right. I think that put the push will be more toward mobile games and things like the Ouya than PC, because, you know, PC is like, I mean, you don't have to build the machine that I built, but to build a decent gaming rig, you're talking minimum 800 bucks. You, you know, minimum 800 bucks. Like, because if you go huh? too low with, buy, with building a good PC, you're not spending your money wisely. I would say, I mean, assuming you have the money to spend, I would say, I mean, even if, especially, especially with a lot of indie games, I feel like the, the system requirements are a lot lower because they tend to have sort of retro graphics and stuff of that nature. Right. Um, you know, I, I feel like even there, you could, I mean, for you know, maybe like 400, 500, you can probably get something that'll play, you know, just some basic stuff. And, and, and those That's games true. aren't expensive. That's so you, true. You're, still, you're still getting top-of-the-line experiences. And, I mean, fundamentally, the games are cheaper, and you're, you're still paying, what, maybe 400, 500, which is probably what the consoles are going to launch at. Right. Or in some games, depending on how the game's art is done, you can get some amazing experiences for games that do not take much to render, like the Swapper. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of 3D rendering in that game. Which I want to say is available now and at 25% off on Steam. That is true. Look at that. <laughs> but um, yeah, the Swapper isn't... like that. That's not very all that graphic intensive, and it looks amazing. Yep. And, you know, you can get it for cheap. So, yeah. Eleven forty nine. Eleven forty nine. Look at that. Yeah, but um, yeah, the you're right. You're right. Microsoft may be pushing gamers, and we're, we're you know in this conversation, we're sitting here talking about like Microsoft is the only game in town. Who knows what Sony is doing? If Sony doesn't doesn't do this, if Sony isn't gonna push used gamers away, they'll just soak them all up. But you know, I, I think this this is actually where the the Mirror's Edge 2 potentially being an exclusive becomes interesting because we know that EA killed the online pass. And so maybe Microsoft is like, look, we're definitely going to have like a used game system in place so you can trust us and kill your online pass. We'll take the heat. Maybe they even actually kind of saw what was going to happen here. Like, you kill the online pass. Everybody's going to love you. We'll take the heat on this one. And the EA is like, okay, that's great. 
And then they went to Sony and said, look, Microsoft's doing this. What can you give us? And they're like, well, we're going to see how the market goes. And they're like, okay, well, in that case, you're not getting Mirror's Edge 2. Like maybe it's kind of like a you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back kind of thing. And that's, that's why. That's a mistake on EA's part. Because I'm, not, like, I'm not saying it's not a mistake. <laughs> well, that's because like, what we just talked about, you know, Mirror's Edge is not a unit mover. So they need to put it on as many pl- platforms as possible. They do. If they want to move those units, like look at look at Tomb Raider, a game that is definitely more popular than Mirror's Edge, and well, well actually, no, Tomb Raider sold well. That's a bad example. Tomb Raider sold like three million copies. But if we're doing, it was big, supposed to sell five. Exactly. Like <laughs> if we're doing big publisher math, apparently that's not enough. You know, it's like Tomb Raider did so poorly. You know, you put quotes on that. It's so poorly that they have to uh, dismantle the development team. You know. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you're doing big publishing, man. They want, like, 5 million sales. Actually, it was funny, because didn't it happen, like, like a week later after it happened? Then Iwata makes a statement, not a related statement, saying, you sell a million copies of any game, you get your money back. <laughs> he made, like, a reference to that, like, a week later, talking about the uh, the Wii U and why it's doing okay. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, how, how many millions of copies of games has that sold? <laughs> yeah, well, Mario hasn't come out yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now, another piece of Xbox news, um, not Xbox, it's not news, but another article that we wanted to talk about was uh, the cloud aspects of the Xbox 360. So apparently Xbox had a uh, an interview with OXM, which is a, a UK, I don't know if it's a magazine or if it's just a, if it's just a website, but either way, <laughs> Microsoft is saying, um, what was it, Mark Witten specifically? Uh, he was saying uh, that, he, he, you know, you have an Xbox One in your home, but because of the cloud services, the, you know, in the cloud, every you know, you'll have the power of three Xbox Ones. And that's what the developers uh, are looking to use. And basically when I'm reading this, I'm like, this is it. This is how, like, my, the Xbox One isn't always online, but they want the developers to develop the games with the cloud in mind you have the cloud do stuff and in those cases if the xbox if the game uses the cloud services your game will have to be always online it's it's sim city yeah so it's it's sim city and before anybody goes and say well you know it, it you know it could do a lot of processing it, it could be very helpful it'll make the games better um, which you're absolutely right. It can make the games better. It can give you stronger AI. It can render bigger cities. It can do all of that stuff. But at this point in time, and for the next half a decade, maybe, it's overkill. It is overkill. You have games right now running on the highest-end PCs that aren't even using four cores. You know? Battlefield 3 uses two cores. You know? Uh... And I don't even. And sometimes it's not even at full capacity. Well, actually, I'm sorry. No, no game is running a, uh, uh, is running at full capacity on a core. To be honest with you, <laughs> but um, yeah, like that's not even like you know you'll still have breathing room. Like if uh, when I run a Frostbite two game on this PC, I still have tons of breathing room. You know, I got Photoshop open. I got Firefox open with like a million tabs. Like it doesn't, you know, make a difference. Uh, so that's not even that hefty. And the Xbox Three, uh, sorry, the Xbox One and the both the Xbox One and the PS4 have eight core processors on them. 
So, you know, using eight cores, that's far off. That is very far off. That's well, not going to... Go ahead. You, you say five years, so you're figuring that's half of a 10-year life cycle. Half of a 10-year life cycle, yeah. Yeah, so maybe they're thinking long-term on this. Oh, no, they are definitely thinking long-term. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's overkill to have eight cores. Or I'm not even saying it's overkill to have the cloud service. Basically, by putting that stuff in, they are ensuring that over time they'll be able to remain relevant. And with the cloud service, actually Microsoft more so than Sony. Because what Microsoft can say is like, hey, yeah, you know, when when the machines are finally being tapped out, you know, when both the, the, the PS4 and the Xbox One are being tapped out, you know, when, when we reach the period of console development for those consoles that we are now with a 360 and the PS3, Microsoft Microsoft can say, hey, look at us. We can use these cloud services so you can render better games faster and, and continue to expand the experience where Sony will actually be stuck. They will be stuck unless they come out with something similar or they might not be stuck. They might say, hey, we have Gaikai, just stream it. Yeah, Either way, bo- both solutions require always online connection. Okay, which you know what? At that time, may be perfectly fine. At the time where we are actually supposed to use it, or where we would need to use it, maybe we will have the internet that we need. Maybe online, always online, is not that big of a deal. But right now, like I said, Microsoft is pushing the issue. They want you to do it now because it's basically DRM without making a DRM. But well, first off, I feel like DRM on a console is a little less of a concern because you're already sort of locked. To a device, I mean, I mean, not that piracy doesn't re- doesn't happen on consoles, but you've already upped the level of difficulty because it's not a PC. But but second, but even secondary to that, at the very least, it's sort of, I mean, they're giving they're giving the developers the option here, and I guess it's they're kind of like strongly encouraging them to use this option. But it's something where it's like, look, if, if the developer wants to use the cloud, if they have a game that you know either has like a large city that can make use of you know calculations and other parts of it, or, or you know some graphical calculations that they want to offload in that direction, it's something they can use, and then they can put on the box like requires internet connection, so that if if you know as a consumer, if your concern is like I don't want to purchase a game that I need to play online, then at least you'll know like okay, well this game is not going to work for me because this requires an internet connection let me go find something else where it only has to check in 24 hours so when the number of games like that increase when the number of games that increase hopefully i mean hopefully bandwidth speeds in the u.s will increase over that time as well well you know and that's fine if if they actually don't beat if if they're not douchebags and they do this over over time when it's actually needed for the next like for the next for the foreseeable future we do not need to use the cloud for processing when we have an 8-core processor in, in the console. You don't need it. No, it's... Uh, I, mean, it, it, I mean, especially for gaming. I mean, a, a, a large amount of gaming is dependent on speed and timing. And those kind of calculations need to be done locally. I mean, you're not going to be offloading, like, shooter calculations up to the cloud... Because the, the process just takes too long. You know, a, ra- yeah. a, ra- a racing game, you're not going to be uploading that calculations. It's very, I mean, that's the thing. It's, 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 this, this feels to me like a lot of marketing speak so that it, like some convention or, you know, like when they're, they're trying to push the console to get it into stores, they can have a little pamphlet that says, you know, like, you know, effectively you get three Xboxes for the price of one. 
Which is and, bullshit. Which is bullshit. Ahead. Which is bullshit. But I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the way they describe it, it's not wrong. <laughs> and so yeah, so you know, it makes a nice little makes a nice little headline. Um, but yeah, it's it's not entirely it's not entirely functional. I mean, it's I mean, even, again, to look at SimCity, the game still ran when you cut the cord for twenty minutes, and so. They even knew what calculations they could offload and what calculations needed to be done locally, and the bulk of the game needed to be done locally. And so it's you know it's it's, it's going to be the same thing with the Xbox is that you're really you're you're not offloading a lot to the to the cloud. I mean there are, I mean there are certain games, especially if you've got like a game like with like a massive city. You know you can offload the calculations of well what's going on in the other side of town. So like the you know the cloud can do all the processing to figure out you know what's happening to the people that are over there. Well, you're in your local vicinity being processed in real time, and then once you get over to that part, that's when it can download the information there. But I mean, so it's it's very it's very specific scenarios that this is useful in, and it's it's not it will make better games. I mean, if you can, I mean, because right now I I mean you look at like some of the older GTA games, and it's all just you know very procedural AI as far as you know you know citizens running routines and driving around and stuff and if we can sort of enhance that then yeah that'll make you know the next few gta's more interesting but it's not i don't know it's, it's not you're not you're not functionally getting three xboxes there right well i mean my problem is not the fact that okay calculations have to go out to the cloud it's the fact that microsoft pushing it so early when it's not needed simply as a form of drm see i think they're i think they're pushing it early because it's it's one of the few points that they can kind of make Sony look bad. Like, well, you're only getting one PS4, but you're getting three three Xboxes. I don't think it's a more. I don't think they're really because that's a, it's a hard concept to grasp uh, and f- truly understand in terms of oh, I'm going to buy this because of that. But basically, it, it's more. It's easier for the for them to tell EA, hey, look, just use the cloud. And they have to be on the internet. But he, but he, again, EA having done SimCity, you don't have to tell EA just use the cloud. <laughs> you, you know, just let them like, hey, the cloud's there. EA will be like, all right, we're in. Yeah. I mean, they're not. I mean, I don't think they're. I don't think you need to push them in this direction. They they want to go there anyway. And maybe that's right. a reason why Mirror's Edge Two is uh, a console exclusive. Yeah. If I get some bullshit like, oh yes, we had to process Mirror's Edge Two, you know, in the cloud. Absolutely, that like th- see that is gonna be bad for ge- oh no sorry it's not gonna be bad for gaming it's gonna be bad for EA it's gonna be bad for Microsoft when they start spewing these stupid stories like oh yeah well you always have to have an internet connection to play Halo Five because you know the world is so big why are you rendering a world that large when I can only see so much of it as as you know as a first person shooter it's not a sandbox game. You know, here I am getting angry like they actually did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it might be, it might be one of those things though, where it's not, it's not, it's 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 not that they need it, but just the fact that it's there, it's like it'll, it 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 allows them to kind of utilize that. And so I don't know. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's. Of course, this is all speculation at this point. Like, this point here, like, we'd have to see how, you know, what happens upon release. Like, I want to see on release how many games are going to be using the cloud. You know, how many games, and we'll see. Um, so, that's enough Microsoft. Because like, everybody's like, Microsoft? <laughs> never have like, enough Microsoft. Yeah, like, 
Microsoft again? Like, you know, we just had Microsoft for dinner last week. <laughs> <laughs> and it tasted crappy then, too. Yeah, you know, like, uh, hopefully, maybe next week. Well, actually, what? when does E3 start? It's E3 like June, starts the week uh, after next. Is it June so, 3rd? It's uh, the 10th, I thought. The 10th? The 10th? Oh. We, let's, let's try for this. Next week, let's try not to talk about Microsoft. <laughs> let's try not to talk about the Xbox One. Can, can we talk about Zynga? Yeah, if Zinger comes up, didn't they, didn't they <laughs> die in a hole somewhere? I think they did. Because that's what we, well, you know, maybe that's a good sign then. We talk about Zinger till they die. Now we'll talk about Microsoft till they die. So I don't want Microsoft to die. I just, the, I just want the stupid stuff with the Xbox One to go away. So they want them to die. <laughs> no, I'm not a killer. All right, so the last topic today, um, Curiosity and Goddess. Okay. Um, now, Curiosity is that that game by well actually no I'm sorry it's an experiment by Peter Molyneux and his team which basically it's a big ass cube and you basically have to keep keep clicking tube uh, click, uh, keep clicking or tapping cubes until you get to the cube in the middle but it's not just you it's the entire world okay so this experiment started in November people downloaded the the, the experiment to their phones and PCs and basically just clicked the cubes, and they so, disappeared every time they were clicked. What do you say, and like 150 million cubes? Yeah. Finally, somebody reached the center. Okay, they reached the center, and and the funny thing about this guy, when he, re- he had only been playing the game for an hour. Actually, so he hadn't even been playing the game for an hour. No. He, he registered for the game an hour before he won. Okay? So what was inside the cube? A little Peter Molyneux. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what was inside the cube. Literally. Because when, when, when you get to the middle of the cube, a video's played. And, you know, it's him talking like he always does it, it, as a mystical wizard. But the best part of the video is that it's him standing in, like, the corner of a cube. And it's just this white cube space. And he's dressed all in black. And, I mean, the effects look terrible. And he's just talking and it's all little Peter Molyneux, you know, I'm some erudite French guy. And uh oh, it's 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 tacky. It's just tacky. Yeah. Um so basically he <laughs> basically uh here's the prize, okay, because you know, Peter Molyneux said that whoever won or got to the center, like it was going to be a life-changing experience. So that's what I was expecting. That's what we were all expecting. So here's the prize for winning Curiosity or getting to the center cube. Uh, with the center cube, you become the god of gods and goddess. The, their <laughs> new game. Okay. In the new game, you become the god of gods. And that's just not, uh, that's not like a light title either um basically you set the rules of the game for everybody else a human mortal player that is not a developer gets to set the rules and morality in a video game well within reason i mean at the at the end of the day it's still molino's game and so uh, what's his development group 22 cans i mean they still call the shots but the, I mean, the the player, the 
the you know what's the what's the, the it was a Scottish kid that won. What was his name like Henderson or something? Yeah, something like. That. I mean, he he fundamentally, yeah, he fundamentally gets to go to twenty two cans and say, "Let's do this or let's try this," and then it's their job to either make it happen or explain why they can't. Um, I mean, they don't. I mean, they don't want to. They don't want to have a, a situation where the, where something he says to do fundamentally unbalances the game. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still their job to make sure that the game is fun and exciting. But I mean, yeah, he does. You know, he at least gets to have that dialogue with them, and he gets to have them implement his will to the best of their degree. Right. But still, the fact that a non-developer, because like I mean, I, they, I can't imagine they're gonna limit him that much. Because then, what's the point of it? Well, it depends what he asks for. Like, uh, what was the one example like, they gave in the? Uh, well, can the I make it all Canadians explode? Yeah, yeah. Like, make all Canadians explode. Like, that's not necessarily fun for the people invested in Canada. But yeah, so I mean, it's but still, I, I, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see exactly how that plays out because the other interesting aspect of this is it's a game that's about being a god and trying to become the god of gods. So yeah. it seems that he's going to be sort of the inaugural leader, and then everybody else who's playing is effectively going to be gunning for him. Hmm. Yeah. Well, also the the bigger part of the prize is that he gets a cut of sales. Yes. He gets a cut of sales. And, like Nick said, um, he's not a permanent god of gods. Other gods will have a chance to take his place. And it doesn't look, it's not like very frequently. I guess, you know, for uh, maybe a couple months, maybe, they'll get to ch- take his place. They'll, they'll, you know, he'll be able to reign supreme. And then somebody will have a chance to fight. I, I don't even know. I mean, I haven't seen the game. I don't think anybody. They just started the alpha, like, recently. Yeah. So who know like who knows how, based on how the gameplay is, but he will have the opportunity. Uh, you know, somebody will have the opportunity to take his place, and I wonder if when that person becomes the god of gods, do they get a cut? I want to say I don't know. I know. That's a good question. Yeah. Do they start getting a cut of the game? Do they get paid? Because then there's going to be people gunning for that. Yeah. <laughs> that actually becomes an interesting prospect. Here's a game where if you become the best player in the world. You can start getting paid for it until yeah. you lose your title. And then, yeah, that, I mean, that's effectively pro gaming at its most, you know, at, at a very fundamental level. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, how Mullen's going to do. Like, what? They've corrupted my dream. Well, he has <laughs> to, I mean, he has to know that he's, he's setting up a very competitive situation. I would have to think that anybody that I, I have, I would have to think that the, the cut of game sales is probably something that's unique to the the curiosity winner. I would think like after that, like if you're a god of gods in that game, like it's because you bought the game, you're playing it, and that's all that's all that matters to you. Right. I don't know. Like it's it seems interesting. I mean, I enjoy guide games. Like his little what was his last one? Black and white. Two. Two. Yeah. No, Black well, and he white. did one after that too. Like uh, was it like Polly something or other? I can't remember. I, I really enjoy black and white too. Yeah. And black and white. Even though in black and white too, I couldn't get the gestures to work right. I don't know why. You know? I want rain? Set my crops on fire. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What kind of god am I? <laughs> Ham handed god. <laughs> Butterfingers. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, but yeah, it's um I mean it's it's interesting, but I thought that the the resolution would be way more uh 
<laughs> not epic, but way more like since they since they made it say he said, "Oh, it's gonna be life changing." Well, I thought it was gonna be way more life changing well, than that. It's, I guess it's life changing in the sense that he's the only one out of everybody who could ever experience that. I mean, nobody else is gonna know what it feels like to win curiosity. But I guess yeah, I don't so. know. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I don't know what what we could have expected. I mean, at the end of the day, he's just Peter Mullen. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but don't say, don't like, be like, oh yes, it's gonna be the inside of the cube is going to be life changing. Don't make claims like that and then not have it be something life changing. Well, that's probably why the the cut of the game money comes in. That could be, depending on how it sells, that could be worthwhile. Yeah, well, I guess that's kind of well. Is it life changing? Like, depends on how much money you get. I, mean, I, I would imagine it, it's it should be significant. It's a Peter Molyneux game, so it should be significant. But at the same time, like, I thought it was gonna be something else. Like, you know, here's the secret of life. Like he knows that. <laughs> it's like, look, here's the secret to to over promising on your games. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, here's some nudes of B. Arthur. Like you know, like, <laughs> like you know, it's something. Uh, that's Jeffrey Ross's to offer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I was, I, I, you know what? I can't even tell you what I was expecting because I didn't know what to expect. I just wasn't expecting that. Yeah, and that's that to me was not. I was like, oh, really? That's it? Well, no, that's pr- that's probably the most impressive thing that he would have to offer outside of like, here's my left hand. <laughs> that's true. But very, very true. So, all right. Uh, enough about that. I'll see what's coming out next week. Marvel Heroes. Marvel Heroes is next week. I'm excited about that one. I've been excited since I played that at PAX. Yeah, it's I know. Actually, you. actually, it's available now. You can still buy the Founders Packs uh, through June 3rd, and you'll get the early access. Uh, otherwise, uh, you'll have to wait till it's it's free to play on June 4th. Uh, limited to some early starting characters, but as you play through, you can unlock other characters to play. So you can enjoy the entire game without having to spend any money, but you'll probably want to. Hmm. Hey, did Fuse come out this week? It may have. I th- oh, yeah, it, it looks like it did, and it got a three out of five. It didn't even get a. Uh, well, I'm looking at a giant bombs rating. I totally forgot it came out. It was. You know what? That game was never really on my radar that much. You know. And, no, you're saying. I was like, it, it, ne- like, it never really, like, it was never really on my radar all that much, and that's probably why I didn't, why I missed it. You know, I, I gotta check. I gotta see if I'm well, gonna pick one. It up. One of the, I want to say, it was one of the Nintendo Nintendo articles that we we may have vaguely alluded to earlier. Somebody talked about how Fuse was a game from EA that nobody wanted. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought that was like an unnecessarily shot at Fuse. Like, what did like? I don't know. I mean, I don't just because nobody seems to want it. I don't even know. Like, I'll admit, I don't really, really know much about Fuse. I don't know why nobody would want it, but it seems yeah. like a perfectly fine game. With these releases on the Nintendo, like the eShop, more and more, I'm wanting a Wii U. Like, Mega Man X came out this week for the Wii U. You can get that on your PS3, can't you? Uh, it's it's Maverick Hunters. It's not the same. Maverick Hunters is it, it doesn't have the same feel. Ooh. Of uh of Mega Man X. Now maybe the time to get in on the Wii U. I heard I their, their sales ranking went up eight hundred percent this week. <laughs> uh, Mega Man X this week and like what was it like a couple weeks ago was Metroid Super Metroid. 
I wonder how people are going to bitch about Mega Man X. If they can't get past the beginning of Super Metroid, <laughs> how do you expect to, to beat Mega Man X? Mega Man X was so awesome, dude. Uh, anyway, um, Remember Me is next week. Uh, Gunpoint is next week, which is... We don't have enough time to talk about Gunpoint. Like it's, 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 <laughs> we really don't. Marvel Heroes is, uh, is good. Limbo for Vita next week. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Good, good, so, well, I don't want to say good games come out next week because remember me, I don't know. Um, I might check out Fuse, but I'm, I'm all, I, guess I, I have Grid and I have Rising Storm that I'm playing right now. So I'm kind of all gamed up for the time being. And, and we mentioned before the Swapper just came out uh, today or right. Thursday, yesterday. By the time you're listening to this. And the Swapper came out, so... Yeah, the Swapper's out, so... Uh, which I don't think I'll get a chance to play that this week, either. So we'll see. We shall see. But yeah, that's gonna wrap us up for today. Um, you can, uh, as always, thank you for listening. And you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons. You can catch us on uh, iTunes, which is... Uh, well, just look us up in iTunes and we're there. Uh, it will automatically get downloaded to your iPod and or iPhone, whatever you are uh, using to listen. Uh, we are on Stitcher Smart Radio for Android and iOS devices. And we are also on Twitter.com slash MTB site, Facebook.com slash Smash Those Buttons, and YouTube.com slash Smash Those Buttons. So you can catch us in all those places. And once again, thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. 